Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Think, Feel, Eat. I'm Donna Reesh, your hostess, your teacher, and your coach. And I am excited today to bring you part two of self-integrity. Um, before vacation, I did part one and it ended up being too long. So I recorded it twice and divided it up. So part one is at the blog right now, DonnaReach.com. You should have received it via email two days ago. If you are subscribed to DonnaReach.com, you'll receive that every Wednesday. And that one was self-integrity part one, why we do not do the things that we tell ourselves that we will do. And then um, this one, episode 20 of Think, Feel, Eat is self-integrity part two. And this is the tools episode. So um, the first episode was some of the reasons why we do not do the things that we tell ourselves we're going to do um, or why we do not carry on with our plans and um, continue. here all right so the first part of this was episode 19 and it was why we don't do what we tell ourselves we will do and there were a lot of reasons that I gave for that and um, I hope it wasn't too discouraging especially since I went on vacation for the week in between and so it's like okay this is why we do these things right um, but I also had some other episodes in there to help you as well uh, on willpower and so forth I'm going to be pointing those out this uh, episode, but if you go to DonnaRish.com, think, feel, eat, when episode 20 is up, you'll have the complete outline as well as today's um, uh, image graphic that will help you with some specific tools. So in that episode, I talked about why we do not do the things that we tell ourselves that we will do. Um, and these are things such as past failures, that we remind ourselves all the time of past failures instead of um, you know, looking to the future. We think, well, it didn't work before, so it's not gonna work this time either. And then, um, so we bring that up to our minds and we dwell on that. And then of course, that doesn't give us the energy to move forward. When we are dwelling on past failures or it didn't work before or I didn't follow through before, then of course that doesn't give us the energy to move forward. Um, secondly is the enemy of progression and that is perfection. And uh, the tools that I'm gonna be teaching you today will uh, actually answer some of these problems because it's, it's not enough just to say, okay, I realize that these things keep me from doing what I tell myself I'm going to do. So I'm going to start doing what I tell myself I'm going to do. Right. It's, it's, that isn't how it works. Right. If that were how it works, then we would have already done that. So it's important not just to know the enemies like I gave last time in episode 19, but also to have tools that counteract those specific enemies. Uh, after perfectionism, it is the concept of not breaking down are the things we say we're going to do. And this of course is seen in New Year's resolutions um, or any type of habit uh, de declaration, if you will, where we say that, no, 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 from now on, I'm doing this. And we have this idea of the things that we are going to do 
and it's big and it's grandiose, right? And then we do not do it because we did not follow how habits are really formed. The research today um, is that people rarely make grand, ginormous, sweeping changes in their lives that stick. That instead we make small changes incrementally that are able to be sustained and that fuels us for the next and it fuels us for the next. I've talked about this on Weight Loss Lifestyle or Think, Feel, Eat or both before and about how my weight loss journey has been so long. And I lost the first 50 pounds over like 10 years or 12 years or something like that. And then I lost the next 50 pounds over the last four years. Actually, it began with healthy supplementation four years ago, then intermittent fasting, and then what I'm teaching now, the perfect storm of weight loss. And um, so all that together created the perfect storm for me and for my husband. We have lost 220 pounds together. Um, and people are like, how could you stay with it that long? I mean, that's not very much weight each month. <laughs> and of course, I, there were a lot of times in that first 12 years that I wasn't losing weight. It wasn't like purposeful, like I would do something for a while, started ballroom dancing, lost a little weight just with more activity. I had to heal myself of prediabetes, so I changed some eating habits, um, lost a little, you know, and just kept losing over a long, long period of time. But I think the greatest um, benefit to having done that is that all the changes that we have made have stuck with us. You know, I think about, you know, people who, and I'm not against fast weight loss by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not against any weight loss. What do you know? A weight loss coach who is for all weight loss, you know? I think that if you want to lose fast, and then have a plan of attack afterwards. My daughter just lost 30 pounds really fast. She has a plan of attack now to maintain that loss, okay? If you wanna lose really slowly, if you wanna lose on keto, if you wanna lose on low carb, if you wanna lose on low fat, if you wanna lose on, it's all gonna make a deficit anyway, isn't it? It's all going to make a, uh, an intake deficit. But the benefit that I have from our slow and my husband's weight loss wasn't slow. I think he lost 100 pounds in like 14 months or something. But um, overall, the benefit has definitely been that they have been lifelong lifestyle habitual changes, right? And everything about habits and about willpower, everything teaches that it's not a big, grandiose, sweeping gesture that causes something to change in your life. Um, if you want to make a change yourself. Okay, um, another reason we do not is rely on willpower. And I taught this extensively, and I really hope that you'll go back and listen to Weight Loss Lifestyle number 60, number 60 and 61. I mean, that is like in-depth two hours of training on willpower. It's just phenomenal, the things that I learned in that uh, process of preparing for those presentations. I just couldn't believe it. It just answered all my questions as to why willpower is such a struggle. And then lastly, it is not deciding ahead of time. So with that, we are like waiting to, in the moment. And then we're like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Right? And that doesn't work either. Okay. 
So those are all things that are causing us not to do what we tell ourselves we're going to do. When it comes to, it can be in anything, you know, I coach life coaching, weight management, time management. It's all goes back to the same thing. It all goes back to the same concepts of deciding ahead of time, making incremental changes, all of these things. So I'm going to share my screen here with you for a GIF. And I am going to find the graphics that I prepared ahead of time this time. All right. So um, without spending too much time on the perfect storm, because that is what the whole program is about, right? The whole program is about the perfect storm. Um, and when it comes to what we doing, what we tell ourselves we're going to do, one of the hardest areas is in any addictive type of behavior. Now, whether you consider food addiction to be a real addiction, I'm not here to compare food addiction with, you know, very serious um, alcohol, um, tobacco, drug addictions, and things like that. I don't, I don't think that does us any good to try to do those things. But any type of addictive kind of behavior is going to be that much more difficult to change. And it's going to be that much more necessary that we really do implement tools for it, that we're aware of how habits are formed, we're aware of how willpower is lacking or can be utilized or can be created, you know, more of it or whatever. And then we are also able to put all that together. And that is why I'm creating the perfect storm of weight loss for my clients. And I'm also sharing that here um, in pieces to you guys. So the, the perfect storm of weight loss looks like this. So if you are, um, if you are, uh, let me make a note of what number that is. If you are not um, watching it, but you're listening to this right now, you can go to donnerish.com forward slash perfect storm. And it will be there. All the steps are there. I believe we're on step seven now. And they have a certain number of um, podcast episodes broadcast associated with them listed there, links given and all that. It's like all laid out for you in this just perfect package that my tech girl did. Um, and uh, you will also be able to see this graphic. So right now what I have open is the perfect storm of weight loss. And this takes into consideration all of the things that I've been talking about, all of the things that have to do with willpower, habit formation, deciding ahead of time, using your prefrontal cortex instead of letting your toddler brain decide in the moment. Um, all of these things come together. So the perfect storm of weight loss has these three elements and it is bringing together these three major components with all the sub elements that can create a perfect storm of weight loss or a perfect storm of time management or a perfect storm of habit formation in some area or a perfect storm of bad habit or habits you do not desire that elimination of those. It's so cool because it works and it's based on how habits are formed. But with the other elements of food and hunger and all those things when it comes to weight loss. So we have, first of all, the perfect, the first component is eating protocol. And that, um, we did that for three weeks. Let me find that numbers, those numbers. 
We did that for three weeks and they are episodes 16, 17, and 18. And that is choosing your food protocol. That's gonna come in handy next week when we talk about the next two weeks, gonna be the two decisions that you need to make ahead of time all of the time to lose weight. And uh, so that food uh, protocol, those 16, 17, and 18 will come in very handy if you've watched those before next week. Okay, so the eating protocol is our food, our food type, our food times, and our food amounts. The second component is hunger and cravings, hormones, chemicals, neurotransmitters, all of these things that are going on in the body. Okay, so either in the brain with um, dopamine release because we had so much enjoyment from certain foods that we can't stop that enjoyment or cortisol because our diet is stressing us out so much we can't, we have so much stress, we can't stay on it and stress interferes in everything that we're trying to do for weight loss. Serotonin, we love our diet, we love our plan, so we're happy. Um, ghrelin, the hunger hormone, the fact that we can tame ghrelin through intermittent fasting, absolutely amazing. Okay, all of these. And then the third component is our thought and emotional management, our thought management and our emotional management. And that is where deciding ahead of time, developing habits and some of the things that we're going to talk about today come into play. All right. So um, I want to just give you a couple of miscellaneous tools, and then I'm going to present the ABCs of self-integrity, which is like my version of um, BJ Fogg's um, ABCs of habit formation coupled with um, Greg Harris's, um, we used to call it attachment. The, um, now researchers call it habit stacking. Back before it was a thing, um, our teachers in homeschooling called it um, attachment, attaching things. So anyway, I'm gonna teach you that whole protocol. It's called the ABCs of self-integrity and I have a graphic for you. But in the meantime, before that, I want to talk about three tools um, that can make a difference right away. Um, all these tools actually make a difference right away. But when we think about the, the enemies of it, like we think about uh, rehearsing, reciting, rethinking, focusing on past failures, that self-talk, that, um, you know, not forward-looking, but instead of always thinking about how we can't do it because we didn't do it before. For one thing, we have to stop saying that we can't do something because we didn't do it before and instead say, this time is different. And don't say, I say that every time. We have to stop saying, I didn't do it before, so I won't do it this time. And instead we have to start saying, it didn't work before because I didn't have all the tools. If I could give you one thought to take away to start thinking differently about your past failures, it would be, it wouldn't be at all the past. I would have you not even say the past, but if you can't stop dwelling on the past, I would have you say, it didn't work before because I didn't have the tools, or I wasn't ready, or I didn't understand all of the mechanisms that come into play with weight management. Better yet, I would have you say, it's going to work this time because I have the tools. I contain my hunger. 
I can train my brain. I can change my thoughts. I can choose a protocol that I can stay on. I can reduce my dopamine spikes and my cravings. I can um, do what I say I'm gonna do by deciding ahead of time. I can change my life. Way different than it didn't work before, so it won't work this time. All right, so we need tools that are going to combat these things, right? We need tools that will combat these past failure thoughts, perfectionism, not breaking it down into habits, relying on willpower and not deciding ahead. So we need tools that counteract those, right? We want to say, okay, these are the enemies of self-integrity, but I can use tools that are in line with self-integrity to combat that. So the first one is your thoughts that I just said, right? That you want to change those past failure thoughts, okay? And we did that, I did that actually in one, two. Let me see if I can find that number for you. Um, I don't know what number it was. It was not, um, it was the, the thoughts that, uh, the thoughts that will get you to your goal, right? We have to change our thinking. Um, I don't think that's at Think Philly's. I think that was just in the Facebook group. Um, but we have to change that thinking, right? We cannot dwell on the past. We can't think about the past. Second is a big one with willpower. And this is in um, two places, Weight Loss Lifestyle 42. And it's also in the habit. Uh, willpower one, weight loss lifestyle 60 and 61. And that is that we lose willpower and we can refill willpower stores by sleeping. Okay, I teach this to my clients. It's one of the first four in the new free course I'm going to have called the first four um, for weight loss management. I, I've already been using it with my weight loss clients. And it is that we decrease our willpower and we refill willpower stores based on good sleep. I'm in a course right now um, about weight loss and circadian rhythms. So compelling, makes so much sense by people who stay up so late and have to get up and rush into work. They only get four or five hours of sleep or maybe even six, they never really get they never really put their body in the optimal state to lose weight because it reduces your metabolism by not sleeping. And they are also in the worst position for willpower. So compelling. So first of all, your thoughts. Second of all, your sleep. Okay, I just had a client today text me and say, I got seven hours sleep and I was rejoicing. She, she could have told me, that she lost five pounds and I would not have been any happier than had she told me that she got seven hours sleep. That's how important it is to me. And I always sleep my seven hours, <laughs> seven and a half really. Seven and a half is glorious. All right, number three is automaticity. And again, um, that is going to be in uh, Think Feel Eight, seven, eight and nine, okay? Automatizing, okay? Things that we think are boring like having the same foods, having the same schedule, always eating the same, always opening our window with this, always closing our window with this, always stopping this, always doing this before we exercise, always doing this after we exercise. All of that automaticity, and I know I've told you about that, automaticity 
six syllable word. What is not to love about the word automaticity? Auto means self, okay? Automatic means we do it automatically. Automaticity is the noun, right? Automatic is the adjective. Automatically is the adverb. <laughs> Sorry, language arts lady got off on a tangent. All right, so automaticity. Anything that you can automatize will all of a sudden not take willpower. Guess what? If we don't use willpower, we don't need willpower, we saved it for later. One of the amazing beauties of intermittent fasting is that we are pushing all of our willpower needs out to our four, five, six, or eight hour eating window. We didn't use any of it up because ghrelin got tamed and we're not white knuckling. We're not, oh, I need to eat, I need to eat. Oh, I can't eat, I can't eat, I can't eat. What am I gonna eat? Oh, I should eat this, but I wanna eat this. We're not doing any of that for 16, 17, 18 hours a day. None of that. Automaticity, automatizing as many things as you possibly can is going to be a huge help in staying in self-integrity. And number four, of course, is reducing cravings. We can't, we are asking ourselves to do, first of all, grandiose, sweeping, huge, Changes are so hard to do when it doesn't involve something like food or nicotine or alcohol, something that is, that is so dopamine spiking. I recently had a, had a session where my coach was teaching a group of us about the dopamine spikes between like things that, that are just like normal things. Like we just get dopamine from like I'm getting ready after this call to go to the zoo with two of my grandbabies and my son and daughter in love. And that is going to give me a dopamine spike, right? I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be outside. I'm going to get sunshine. I'm going to see nature. I'm going to see these two babies. They are one and a half and four months, two months old, three months old. They're very young babies. Um, I am going to get a dopamine spike from that. But that dopamine spike is nothing compared to Krispy Kreme. Nothing. It's like a four or a five. Krispy Kreme is a 10 out of 10. And we have the only, there are a lot of ways, but one of the best ways that we can reduce cravings and have this self-integrity with ourselves is to go for less dopamine spiking treats when we do treat. Peanut m and is not a cream-filled donut. Um, I always say peanut M&Ms, don't I? Um, an apple with caramel dip, not a, um, uh, what else do I really love? Cupcake. Okay. Less dopamine spiking. If we can get used to not having these tens all the time, suddenly our fives of going to the zoo with grandbabies, of having an apple with caramel dip, of making a nice dinner of having shrimp cocktail instead of this huge nacho supreme. Suddenly we are taking our dopamine spikes down to a manageable level. And then guess what? We do what we tell ourselves we're going to do. So we need to extend that time 
between those huge dopamine spikes. Something like a cupcake, a donut, a nacho supreme, loaded fries, these huge, really calorie dense, uh, dopamine spiking foods, those things should be few and far between. They should be for birthdays. They should be for weddings. They should be for weekend getaways. They shouldn't be what we have every day because they make us out of self-integrity by their sheer dopamine influence on us. And yeah, we can say, well, you know, we need to use thought work. Yes, we do need to use thought work. We need to use willpower. Guess what? It runs out. We don't have enough. It's not strong enough. Research has shown that. So yes, we do want to use thought work and intermittent fasting is a huge help to this, but we also have other tools at our disposal. And one of those is stretching out these super, super uh, elaborate dopamine spikes. All right, so let's get to the final tool for today, which actually encompasses all of that, um, all of those enemies of, um, let's see where I've got it here, all of those enemies of self integrity. They are all, oh, whew, I got it open. I saved it. I had it already. Okay. Anyway, I have so much going on. <laughs> you just saw my cottage class information there. Okay. So yeah, we are, we don't know what's going to happen this fall. We teach 150 kids um, locally. So we don't know. It's, it's all a mystery. So more thought management, right? <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do this tool, okay? Three little steps. I want to give credit to the originators of this. First of all, the ABC is a very common um, self-life -co uh, coaching, um, habit formation kind of approach um, that a lot of people use. If you Google the ABCs of habits, and you Google images, you'll have come up with all these different images from these different researchers, okay? I'm specifically giving credit to BJ Fogg um, in his book, Tiny Habits, uh, because he, uh, that was the first one I had seen of this. There are other ones with ABC. There's just called the ABC, all of BJ Fogg's and the other researchers and things. There's are called, there's is called the ABCs of habit formation. Okay, I'm calling this ABCs of self-integrity because I want us to change the things we tell ourselves we're going to do so that we do what we tell ourselves we're going to do. All right. So, um, but his was the first one that I saw. I've since seen many, many, many others. Okay. And his um, had different things here. So his said, um, let me see. I can't remember what it said now. Okay, this first A was, um, oh, I can't remember what his was, but it had to do with attaching, okay? And then the B was tiny habits, uh, um, tiny behaviors, so that was his B. His A, I cannot believe that, I don't have that down anywhere. Um, I can't remember what his A was, and his C was celebration. Okay, some of the other ones that you see out there are A, whatever this was, it wasn't attached, it was something else. And then B, um, tiny behaviors or behaviors, and then C, consequences or, um, um, con we'll just go with consequences for now, was the last one. 
All right. And so he changed C from consequence to, to celebration because in his research, his findings were that, or not just his research, but a lot of research that he combed through, uh, the research that he has presented says that the, uh, the consequences, that final outcome is not as uh, motivating as celebration that he changed it to celebration because we do what we say we're going to do when we um, have good feelings and celebration promotes a good feeling. So he changed it from consequences or like final outcome type of thing to celebration. It's funny because I feel very motivated by consequences, very motivated by final outcomes, but research shows that you give yourself a certain feeling and that motivates you to do it again and again and again. So whether you are a celebration kind of person who gets your good feeling after you followed through these steps, you get a good feeling, you have the celebration, or whether you are a consequence kind of person, either way, this will work for you. So I have taken his ABCs of habits and I've changed the A and the B to something that um, is more aligned with how I teach and what I've been taught earlier before my habit uh, study over the last couple of years. And then um, and I've, I kept BJ Fogg's celebration. All right, so my first introduction to this was actually at a homeschool workshop literally 30 years ago. And it was that, it was these first two. And it was taught by Greg Harris um, in the, um, uh, the um, homeschool, advanced homeschooling workshop 30 years ago. And he taught this idea of attaching. And he taught that when you want to change a behavior in your home, you want to start a new tradition, you want to um, build something that you're, that you're, that you're uh, currently not doing, that the way to do that is to attach it to something else. It's already in your schedule. So he went on to teach us that your kids eat three times a day and usually a snack or two also, and they get up and they go to bed. He says, so you have five built-in times of your day that are already a part of your life with your kids. And so his teaching was attach something to those times, attach something to those times so that you um, have uh, something to attach it to that's already built in because it's more likely to stick. Well, lo and behold, you know, some 20 years later, all of these habit teachers and researchers and everything started teaching what is now known as habit stacking, which is nothing more than what uh, Greg Harris taught in the homeschooling workshop uh, 20, 30 years ago. And that is that you, when you attach something to something that's already in your schedule, you're more likely to do it. So we went home from his workshop and we started attaching things, attached a, a, a Bible reading before breakfast or dirt while the kids were eating the breakfast. I remember sitting at the end of the little table. They were all three sitting around the table. The baby was on the, on the, um, well, no, I think it would have just been three by that time. And they were all sitting around the little table and I was reading to them and we attached it to their breakfast. And then after breakfast, we had a chore time. And then we attach things to bedtimes. And then we attach things to our attachments until our whole life began, became, as we like to say, one big attachment. So <laughs> um, that is what attachment is all about. And, and again, I cannot remember his word there, but it had to do with, um, oh, it was uh, like an, uh, an, an initial 
um, impetus, like what's going to cause you to do it. So, so um, it was the habit stacking idea that when you attach something, you're more likely to do it. Okay, then here he had tiny behavior. And um, I borrowed my coach's terminology for this, and she calls it baseline behaviors or minimum baseline. So what is the minimum thing that you can do that tomorrow, no matter what, you will do that action? No matter what. And then the celebration. So let me walk through the wording of this. Um, and you can fill in these. You can print these off for yourself also. But the first one is after I do this, so there's that attachment, right? And then B is I will, and then you choose a minimum baseline behavior or action. Then I will celebrate or have this great outcome or whatever it might be. Um, he is saying that the, the, the celebration can be as simple as texting somebody to say, I did it. It can be as great as, you know, taking a sticky note if you have a whole paper full of sticky notes and every time you're doing something, you take it off, putting on a star, maybe we need gold stars for ourselves, right? It works for kids, it'll work for us too, whatever that might be. So here we go, attachment. This is the existing action that will prompt you to do your new behavior. There it is, Fog calls this anchor, Harris calls this attachment. All right, and then this gives them credit right there. <laughs> All right, it's a derivative. <laughs> okay, then B, is minimum baseline. The new habit you want to create broken down into a minimum baseline of actions that is really tiny. Minimum baseline that is really tiny and easy. Fog calls this tiny behavior. Brooke Steele, my uh, coach in uh, self-coaching scholars, calls this minimum baseline. I like the minimum baseline idea uh, because I want to teach a lot more about that concept. I like to use the, the same terminology across the board. I think a minimum baseline is going to be the solution for many people in my coaching world, in my listening world, in my readership, for people who have not been able to tackle something that they tried and tried and tried to tackle. And then C, this will create the positive feeling that wires the habit to the brain. And Fogg's uh, belief of this from the research is that habits are cemented from positive feelings. Habits shouldn't feel bad. So we have our A, B, and our C, A, B, C right here. All right, so um, just a couple of things about this. I'm gonna keep this up while I talk. Um, I've talked a lot about James Clear's Atomic Habits and he, um, BJ Fogg, Tiny Habits was his predecessor. So he, he says in interviews that he learned from BJ Fogg, um, which is excellent. I, was, I love to tell who I'm learning from and I love to say, um, who brought me to a point of understanding something. And even if I did make a derivative from it, I want you to know these amazing people who have changed my life. So um, anyway, in both of those situations, as well as in the Willpower book, and I keep forgetting to write down the author's name. It is in episode 1661. It's listed in that, in that uh, outline. In all of these cases, they talk about this Attachment, of course, you're going to have this anchor, as Fog calls it. You're gonna you're gonna put that behavior that you want onto something. So next week we're gonna start talking about the two decisions that will make two decisions ahead of time that will have the biggest effect on your weight management. And so I'm gonna teach you how to attach 
your food planning and that kind of thing to your day. And I'm going to teach you um, uh, how to have an anchor for that, right? That attachment. Their thing is that you attach it to something. So in the example that I'm gonna use is one that they both use, clear and fog. They both use this example and I love it because it's people can't believe it. And they're like, no, that would never work. But yet it does. That's why I love it. All right, so their example is that they're gonna attach um, the why, the why or the workout, the gym, they're going to attach that to rising in the morning. All right. So, you know, there is a lot more in both uh, tiny habits as well as atomic habits about habits are formed more, way more than this, right? There's such outstanding books and great YouTube videos as well. Um, but so they do everything to, to help with their success. Many of the things that I've taught you, prepare ahead of time, decide ahead of time, lay your clothes out the night before, you know, all those kind of things. You know, I've talked about, you know, not having hyper palatable foods, you're doing things ahead of time, not having those going to the gas station or the donut place or the ice cream place and buying those separately, you know, not having them here. Um, to, I've talked a lot about, you know, planning your meals planning your grocery shopping, being ready with your healthy foods, that type of thing. Next week, I'm going to give you food lists that you can start from that decide this planning ahead. So that's what this, their first thing is. The night before you get all your stuff out, you get ready, you get your gym clothes out, you have your shoes, you have your keys, you have your bottles of water, whatever it is, you're ready the next morning with no excuses. Then you're going to attach that behavior. So going to the gym. You're going to attach that to rising. So it has a built-in anchor to hold on to, okay? Um, or an attachment in our case. We're attaching something to something that's already in your life. All right, then this is where it gets really interesting. In both books, they talk about their clients um, and how they tell their client that they have to put on their shoes, drive to the gym, check into the gym, walk in, and walk back out and go home. And that is all that they allow in this first minimum baseline. That's it. It's like, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter if you don't wanna run, you don't wanna walk, you don't wanna do elliptical, you don't wanna lift weights, you're too tired, you're barely awake. It doesn't matter because you are doing a minimum baseline behavior. And so with that, you go check in and you walk right back out. And that's all the person is allowed to do for a period of time. Then the person is allowed to do one to five minutes and that's it. And then come back and then celebrate and so forth. And I, I love this so much because we are perfectionistic way too much and it keeps us from our dreams. It keeps us from our goals. We need progression, not perfection. And when we do these perfectionistic behaviors and we make these sweeping grandiose changes that we can't keep, and then we think that it's our fault. We think that we are weak-willed. We are not strong people. We, are, uh, we never do what we say we're going to do. And guess what? Every time we don't do what we say we're going to do, it makes it that much 
harder to do what we say we're going to do the next time. It's like we have this whole stacked of stacking of series of times we didn't do what we say we're going to do. And they're just stacked all around us. And we just keep stacking onto those and stacking onto those and stacking onto those. It's like last week when I said that when it was a one-year-old, don't tell a one-year-old no if you're not going to get up and make the one-year-old stop doing the dangerous or undesired behavior. Don't say no unless you'll go. It's the same idea. Don't tell yourself anything unless you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you will do it. There is nothing that will keep you from doing that minimum baseline behavior. Do not say anything that you cannot easily, simply, within a few seconds, without any willpower, without any extra strength, without any miracle, do. And then they go ahead and they go on in their books and describe the one push-up for so many days. You know, that you will, you will get to the floor and you will do one push-up if you say you will do one push-up. It's so, 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 so cool. I'm going to apply all of this to our eating. After all, weight management is 90% food, right? And it is eating what our bodies need at the new size, okay? Right now, if we're maintaining the size we're at, we're eating too much for what our right size body is, okay? So with this, for right now, for the next week, before I teach you the next step to this, for the next week, just write down what you're going to eat tomorrow or in the morning for that day, even if it includes peanut M&Ms, even if it includes, you know, white bread, grilled cheese sandwich, or whatever it might be. And don't write down a bunch of healthy stuff. Write down what you're really going to eat, right? And be in self-integrity with that. My clients don't want to be in self-integrity sometimes for an easy thing. They're like, no, we need the whole program. We need everything. We need the, the calorie deficit. We need the new eating protocol. We need the shopping. We need all of that. But my thing is, and what I used to tell homeschoolers is, if your kindergartner won't brush her teeth or sit up at the table and eat breakfast, what makes you think she's going to sit and do worksheet pages or reading lessons? It's the same idea with us. We will not do the, those reading lessons, those worksheet pages when we won't even brush our teeth, right? So we're gonna do the, my, the, the minimum baseline tasks first. I can't wait to teach you everything. I'm so excited. Thank you for joining me. It is the end of the month, the beginning of the next month. That means that the intermittent fasting course starts Monday. So it's always the first Monday of each month. So you have between now and Sunday, if you're listening to this, it's intermittentfastingcourse.com. If you're listening before July 5th, intermittentfastingcourse.com. And you can sign up there with $20 off with the coupon code SAVE20. So I'm going to send some reminders out via email. And hopefully if you're in the Facebook group, you can see this. Let's get your ghrelin tamed. Let's get your good habits. Let's get your willpower so that you don't need it. All of those hours of every day, let's narrow it down. So you only need willpower during the six hour eating window or five hour eating window or whatever, because it's way easier when you have that under control. You don't have to fast long to benefit from the intermittent fasting course. If you just fast 16 hours, if you eat from 12 PM till eight, you will still have amazing benefits as we bring together the perfect storm. I'll see you next week on Think, Feel, Eat.